Aloha and welcome to Our Homes, Ending the Housing Crisis. My name is Stanley Chang, and I'm a state senator in Honolulu, Hawaii. Together with Faith Action for Community Equity, a grassroots interfaith nonprofit dedicated to addressing Hawaii's social justice challenges, we're here to understand housing more deeply and seek new, innovative solutions from all over the world to the severe housing crisis here. But many of the lessons may also apply to your community, wherever you may be. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Our Homes, Ending the Housing Crisis. My name is Ryan Catalani, and I'll be your host today. Our guest today is Wayne Kawamura, Senior Auditor at the City and County of Honolulu's Office of the City Auditor. Uh, he's been there since 2004 and previously held legislative and policy analyst positions in the Hawaii state government. Uh, Wayne's presentation will cover two recent city audits on the Department of Planning and Permitting, or DPP, focusing on the building permitting process and monster homes. We'll also have time for Q&As, in fact, a lot of time, so please feel free to add in your questions anytime using the Q&A tab on your screen. Uh, that's the best way for us to, to sort through all the questions, so um, feel free to type in anytime you start thinking of stuff. Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, it's, 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 our, it's, it's our pleasure at the Office of the City Auditor to um, share today our, our findings on two recent audits that we did on the uh, Department of Planning and Permitting, um, one on the building permit process and one on the impact of monster homes. Um, I have kind of taken a look at some of the previous um, podcasts within, within the series and um, we, we hope that we can contribute the same, you know, the same level of expertise. And I, I know, I, I, I know some, of, some of the ones I looked at like really, really great expert um, uh, panels previously and um, and we're, we're not we're not quite as expert but we hope that we'll, we'll be able to share something of value today so um, to begin um, next slide please um, today my agenda um, I'll provide you a background um, provide a background of our office just to provide an, um, some information in terms of what what our who our office is what our office does um, give some background on uh, the two audits um, talk about the, the Department of Planning, um, what it what it does, um, some of the challenges and issues that it faces, and then talk about some of the things that we reviewed during the audit. Um, I'll try to tie them together as much as possible to what are the housing issues raised, and with the time remaining, um, we can have a discussion, um, question and answer, as Ryan said. Uh, next slide. So basically about our office and the office of the city auditor, I really, I really didn't think about it, but today, today is actually our 17th anniversary. So our office opened in July 1st, uh, 2003. We are in a legislative branch agency that's part of the city council group. Um, we were authorized by the charter, by charter amendment by the voters in 2002. Um, one of the major reasons why we exist is uh, because of the Elba Villages fraud, which as some of you may remember, um, happened back in the mid 90s, which concerned um, a fraud perpetrated by uh, two, two, two city workers that were in charge of relocating businesses from the, from the old uh, Eva sugar mill site. And they had created um, basically a, a fictitious moving companies to, to, re to receive the money. And, and in the end, most of the businesses weren't moved. 
Um, so the the fraud was for approximately six million dollars. Um, I know the two the the, the two involved um, uh, were both were both charged criminally. Um, one one went one went to jail for an extended period of time. Um, but but yeah, the, one of one of the impetuses behind behind creating our office was just to have a watchdog to kind of take a look at certain things and prevent to make sure that um, you know controls are in place to prevent that kind of misconduct or that kind of fraud from happening again. Um, now, in terms of our major work, um, our major work is to do performance audits. I know people are more familiar with the term financial audits. Uh, it's 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 a little bit different. Um, performance audits um, generally generally concern uh, our reviews of city programs, operations, or projects. Um, in the past, we've taken a look at the hard rail project, uh, ambulance service, the handy van, recycling bike projects. Um, you know, over, over the past over the past years, we've 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 uh, covered quite a bit uh, in in terms of taking a look at those projects, how they're doing, how much do they cost, um, are they doing what's intended, and um, I'll provide a I'll provide a link to our website um, where all those previous reports are are um, archived. Where where if you're interested, uh, you can go take a look at uh, some of the other departments that we've audited in the past. Um, so what we'll look at in terms of our review, uh, we'll look at we'll look at things about the program or project like economy and efficiency and effectiveness. I guess basically um, the concept of economy would be something like you know was there value delivered for the resources spent? So for the money and time that it take that it took, you know was there value delivered to the city? Um, we might take a look at what was budgeted, what it cost. Um, you know how it was spent. I guess our our most commonly reviewed series is the Heart series, where we've done uh, for for uh, performance audits on various aspects of of Heart's operations. Um, economy could also be viewed uh, like it is with the topic today. So uh, with building permitting, so you know it could be viewed as demand. You know a, a demand for a particular service and how it is met. Um, and then. I know, I know one, of, one of the major concerns about the building permit process or just kind of reading through and monitoring this issue over time is, you know, is how to, how to streamline it, you know, is it, is, it, is it the most efficient that it could be? Um, the, best, the best way that I can kind of provide an example of how we would look at efficiency would be, I guess, what everybody's familiar with, you know, kind of going down to the DMV, you got to bring all your documents, you got to line up, you might wait for a long time, and in the end, after waiting for that long time, you you know you may get turned away without without what you need. Um, with with the with the current building permit process, you know there's there there's a there's a number of ways that you can kind of skin the cat. So would it be more efficient if they, uh, you know, did what they did previously, which is have a walk-in system, have people wait to be serviced? Or should it be more like a drop-off system where people just drop off their plans in bulk and get contacted later? Or you know, or should it be an appointment system, which is kind of the approach where that they've taken right now, where um, where you set up an appointment um, using using the city's website, and at that point you can drop off your your permits, you can ensure that they're that that they get taken in, the formatting is checked, and you pay you know your your plan review fees. Um, efficiency is yeah is more about yeah how 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 do you 
you know, for, for lack of a better term, how do you, how do you skin the cat to get to your intended end? The intended end here is, you know, to, to get your building permit issued. Um, the, la the last concept, effectiveness, again, is, is mainly about, you know, getting that building permit issued. So is, is the result or outcome, is that the intended or the desired one? So in terms of what we looked at here, you know, we're looking at operations at, at the department where, you know, applications are processed, um, plans are reviewed for safety and health concerns as well as compliance. And then, you know, what is the process that building permits actually get, uh, you know, issued. Um, last, lastly, our, our, our office follows uh, professional standards. Our professional, our major professional standards is, is what is called the yellow book. Um, not, not, you know, the, the commercial phone book about the uh, director of services, but um, it, it is a yellow book of professional auditing standards that's issued by the federal GAO, the uh, Government Accountability Office. And, and we follow those standards to ensure that, you know, that, that, uh, that we're independent. Uh, independent in this sense means independent of the administration. So we're not, we're, not, we're, we're not part of the mayor's administration. We're not part of the department. They don't, they don't influence what we look at or what we review. Uh, we, we, keep, we keep that kind of arm's length relationship in terms of the review. Um, we ensure that all our staff are in, on a project would be objective, that they disclose conflicts of interest, personal, but we really take a close look at personal biases um, to make sure that, that those don't impact our review. Um, we may also look at uh, previous, previous, professional, previous professional work, so previous jobs, like uh, maybe you came from a different department. We don't want you to look at a department that you worked at. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want, maybe we don't, we don't want family members to necessarily be, in, in the case of this audit, um, you know, contractors. <laughs> um, so we, we try, we, we try to, we try to keep it as objective as, and as independent as possible. Um, you know, some of the other standards on competence, um, sometimes we, we may require experts in highly uh, technical areas. Uh, otherwise, otherwise we're, we're assessing whether somebody would be able to uh, or has the background to be able to take a look at an area, um, review it in terms of policies, procedures, and controls, um, and, and and make make appropriate, um, you know, put together appropriate audit evidence and, and issue an issue an audit report. Um, all our basically all the contents of our, of our report are based on evidence and re, and review criteria. We have very specific standards of evidence, and then we will base our reviews or our testing to make sure things are the way that they should be um, on criteria. So criteria would be something like, um, you know, what, what is the law? What is the rules? We'll compare it to that. You know, what might be the best management practices or professional practices, business practices in the area? And we'll compare it to that. So in, in a real basic nutshell, we might be looking at first, you know, are there policies and procedures? Are they followed? You know, and then taking a look at things like, okay, so what's causing it not to be followed? Um, you know, is there a supervision and monitoring? What would be the effect of not following policies and procedures? Or if there's, you know, limited supervision or lack supervision, you know, what would be, you know, what's causing that? What might be the effect of that? Is, you know, are there erroneous behaviors? You know, what, what's, what's causing the errors to happen? So we, we'd, we'd be looking at it in terms of that. Um, in terms, in terms of uh, the standard of quality control, um, we're peer reviewed every three years by members of the other government shops. We just love to come to Hawaii. Uh, 
this is a side note, um, and they, they will take a look at our, um, our quality uh, control system and our compliance with the government auditing standards. And with respect to every single project that we do, we have an internal quality control review by somebody else who wasn't a part of the audit team that would kind of take a look at the facts, the figures and the supporting evidence, make sure that everything is, make sure that everything is set up soundly and reasonably. Um, just to have, just to have kind of like a second, a second set of, second set of fresh eyes to kind of look at anything that we put together. Um, that, you know, that, that ultimately it is reasonable and it is supported by the, um, by the facts and the evidence. Um, last, lastly, I think what, it, what, it, what everybody, what everybody loves about what we do is that we issue audit reports. So, um, yeah, so there are standards in terms of how we report the findings. Typically, we'll, we will structure the way we, we write or present our audit report like this. So there, there will be a statement of a condition, of a condition, which means, you know, here's what's going on. Um, what are, what's causing it, the cause, um, and the effect. So what is, what has happened or what's the result of what's going on? And like I said earlier, it's compared to criteria. It's compared to what should be. And in, and in, in the end, we will be, if we can determine what is causing it, we'll do a root cause analysis. We determine what is causing it. Then we'll be recommending improvements based on the causes identified and the recommendations try to adjust the causes of identified problems. Um, this is not, I guess it's not, it's not done in a bubble. Um, manager management is, is a part of the process throughout. Um, so at, at the, at the reporting, I guess in, in the very, in the very beginning, we'd be notifying them. We'd be saying, um, you know, we're, we're going to come in and audit you about this topic. Um, we'll go, th we'll go through with them, get familiar with the background of, of, of the agency. Some of its challenges and issues, some of its, you know, policy and procedure structures, some of its, you know, what, what are its ultimate aims, you know, how it measures its performance and things like that. And in the end of that process, um, write up, you know, what, what our audit objectives are or what, you know, what we intend to review about the program. We, we then put that in a letter and send it back to the management. We would then engage in field work, which is our, which is our review, our, our, um, our substantive review of operations and results. And then in the end, we'd come up with this thing called preliminary findings um, and, and come up with a discussion draft, which we would, which we would, you know, provide a copy to provide a copy to management to have a discussion about, you know, can, can you help us correct any factual errors that you might see are, are here in, in this draft report? Um, can you provide us with additional clarifying or explanatory information? And then it's an opportunity to discuss and clarify um, findings and at least the preliminary findings and conclusions. In the end, um, management is provided. Not sure if that's from our end. Um, okay. But um, Wayne, do you want to um, get um, just jump to some of the results for just for the sake of time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So next slide. Next slide. Um, so basically, where the two where the two audits came from was that the city council requested our office to conduct performance audits on the um, Department of Planning and Permitting. Um, the first one in Resolution eighteen two eighty four CD one FD one. Um, conduct an audit of the process of reviewing building permits, um, and that one resulted in City Auditor Report 2001. The other one was uh, 
uh, Resolution 18-223 FD1, which is to conduct an audit of the permitting and inspection of large detached dwellings, uh, which people commonly known as, as monster homes, and that resulted in report 19-3. Uh, uh, next slide. So in terms of the Department of Planning and Permitting, um, they, they're responsible for the city's long-range planning and community, uh, community planning efforts. Um, they administer and enforce various permits, um, as you can see on the slide, uh, in, these, in these areas. Um, the ones that were that we particularly looked at in our audits were the ones pertaining to building construction and city standards. Um, and then they're organized into eight functional areas, although our audit is primarily focused on the permits issuing branch and the building division. Next slide. Um, so some of the major concerns, um, I, I think if you're part of this, uh, if you're part of this webinar, you kind of know them well. So there, there, there were problems with obtaining building permits for construction, renovation and repair of uh, single family and two family dwellings. Um, you know, there, there, there were comments and complaints in the, in the public, the business community and, and among the council members that it takes, you know, way too long to get building permits uh, reviewed or issued. Um, plan review deadlines are rarely met. Um, the customer experience is, is, is really poor. People can't determine where the status of their permit is. Um, processing times are too long, so how can you reduce them? Um, how can you streamline the process some more? Um, how can applicants receive more information on where their applications are? So the, the, the council did take two actions. They're, they're, they're listed there. The, the major one, which we actually did look at in terms of effectiveness is the council passed a, a, a 60 day expedited review program called the OTR 60, which is a one-time review of permits for uh, single family and two family dwellings. Uh, next slide. Um, yeah, the, depart, the, part, the department issues in general fall into uh, five categories, as we saw. Um, there, there, there were some staffing issues. There were issues with customer service and technical review. There are expanding code requirements. Um, there are external reviews that are required prior to uh, a building permit being issued. And the uh, department is dealing with a legacy permitting system that was, that was very old. So in terms of staffing, um, the department has a problem with uh, vacancies and they have a, they have a problem with um, having their reviewers have enough technical background so what 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 they have dealt with in the past is um, initially initially they folk they, they they turned their focus more to, to customer service in 1998 when DPP got started um, and that, that would be you know similar to you know have greater human touch have less have less bureaucracy so you'll you'll have fewer outright rejections. You have fewer you have less denial of service, even if warranted. Um, the department will work with you. Um, you know, in, in terms of trying to get your building permit. Now, obviously, this has this has implications. I'll this I'll discuss them in a few slides. Um, and then gen generally, they're they they were having problems with attracting plan reviewers with appropriate technical review experience. I guess this kind of runs into that chicken and the egg problem of you know, only only government work yields the appropriate government work experience. So how, how can you how can you get government experience if you don't work in the government? Um, so what they've been trying to do is they've been trying to get internships and they've been trying to switch the the positions away from customer service to more to emphasize more of the technical review aspect of the job. Um, and what, what, what we what we did find that was that kind of stood out was that um, we took a look at some similar jurisdictions, um, Portland, um, Pierce City, Washington, which Tacoma is part of, uh, Clark County, Nevada, which Las Vegas is part of, 
um, San Jose. And we found that uh, DPP is the only one that doesn't really require plan review or licensing or plan examiner certifications. And it also provided the lowest pay range while providing the um, while providing com comparable services. So we recommended the DPP kind of take a look at that so that you can address some of its technical review issues and some of its uh, staff retention or attraction of staff problems. Um, I think one of the things that the department really reflects on as being a problem is that um, they're expanding and changing code requirements that they have to review for. Um, so you're saying back in 1978, it was it was a little it was a little pamphlet before, and now we're talking about a rollaway bookshelf full of codes that somebody will have to go through to review uh, uh, building plans. That's kind of the nature of that one. Um, coordinating external reviews, so there there may be times when before they issue the building permit, you might need to get board of water supply review. You may need to get a sewer review. You may need to get if it implicates a school, you may need to get DOE impact reviews, water quality, traffic impact. Um, and basically DPP would be, or building code approval would be the last review and sign off. So I think there's some um, angst that's directed at DPP above that, but sometimes it's, it actually is um, getting external reviews signed off on before they can finally uh, issue the building permit. And then the legacy permitting system um, Basically, it's a it's a it's an old system from from 1998, and it's not it's not really structured as an enterprise resource or decision support system. Meaning that the data that is generated by all their operations um, and collected can it can be used to improve decision making or identify problems with processing or issuing permits. It actually requires um, a specific kind of search, a specific kind of ad hoc or you know as needed, just in time kind of reporting. It's not it's not generated. You know, as a dashboard necessarily is not generated so that it's usable by supervisors immediately. So you can say, okay, here's where the bottlenecks are. We need to work on this now. Or you know, some some of that is still very um, opaque. I think to the decision makers at DPP. Next slide. Um, in terms of workload, you can kind of see it here um, in, in 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 big overview. Um, you know, 75% of building permit transactions are for or, or applications are for um, single family and two family dwellings. You know, the, the vast majority of those are for additions, alterations and repairs of an existing building, so not new. Um, and then, you know, going through, you can kind of see how it, how it additionally breaks out. Um, also in the commercial dealing with additions, alterations or repairs. Next slide. And then, in terms, in terms, in terms of the, in terms of the trends, all the trend information is listed here. Um, you know, ba basically, basically overall, um, if you get outside of the areas and look overall in terms of applications, uh, the permit applications are are in decline in the five-year period we reviewed. So, fiscal year uh, 2014 to 2018, um, declining by 20 percent. Um, the demand applications for service and then down by almost a quarter in terms of the building permits issued. And one of the things that one of the things that we thought was unusual, however, was that despite this declining trend from year to year, um, there, there was all there was always a gap between applications and and permits issued. Now I think most people would say like, well this 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 generally isn't it isn't a problem because you, you wouldn't expect that every application would get a permit. However, I think the way that it's administered here the vast majority of applications will get a permit. It's over. It's way over ninety percent, and I'll discuss a little bit about that uh, in a few minutes. Um, and then there's a rise of third-party review, which is 
basically um, the city will certify and register uh, third-party reviewers who can also uh, plan review or code review and this would be this would be regarded as a um, as an equivalent service to DPP actually doing it themselves and recently um, uh, the, the mayor and the, and the administration have included this as part of their plan uh, to use uh, third-party review services to increase permit processing. Next slide. So this is um, our best attempt at trying to <laughs> uh, quantify um, what, what the DPP permitting process is. Basically, all the all the applications go in and are in, are, are are taken in um, in the, the same way, whether residential or commercial. Um, the ones that concern single family or two family are called category one. Uh, category two through five um, are, are commercial and are based on value. Um, and then it, it'll go through these generic steps. It, it will be, it, it'll go through the, all of them will go through these general steps. Um, Pre-screen where, where they will look at formatting, stamping approvals, identifying the, 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 the building codes or the plumbing codes, electrical codes that are involved by the work and the payment of plan review fee, which is 20% of the building costs. Um, and then it'll go to external reviews, which I talked about a little bit earlier. These additional reviews by other regulating authorities that need to be done before the building permit is issued. And then lastly, the internal reviews. So additional code specific reviews by DPP or inside reviewers. Um, the commercial ones are done by in-house engineers. The residential ones are, are reviewed by building code division personnel. Land use is reviewed for, for uh, zoning compliance. If all their approvals are granted, uh, the permit is de determined to be, um, you know, ready for issue and there's a payment of the fee. Um, and at least for the commercial side, there's time limits for um, the plan review based on value, um, which can range from seven to 42 days. Next slide. Um, in terms of our audit findings, the two major findings was that uh, DPP doesn't effectively manage the building process for timeliness. So timeliness really isn't a factor. So we're asked, we're asked kind of like to determine, okay, so, you know, why isn't it timely or, you know, or how can it be more timely? Currently, it's not managed for timeliness. The, the current objective is to, is to issue permits. If you look at the rules, which come from actually about approximately 40 years ago, um, it's, it, it actually does say to do, do, do it timely and to, to, to administrate it, to administrate it for the, to the public good. Um, so what, 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 the, what the department is emphasizing to us is that, you know, the, the, main, the main point of doing this review is that uh, it's about public health and safety. That's the primary review consideration, so not, not necessarily timeliness. Um, they, have, they, have, they have a standard in the 1978 rules, which they still use. So plan reviews are supposed to take two days. Um, after, after that review, it's returned to the applicant, you know, please make these corrections and resubmit it to us so we can review the revision that's supposed to take, you know, a, another day. So it, it, it contemplates being in DPP's hands for, for three days. Um, and um, in terms of what we could review, uh, in terms of what DPP does, in terms of their time, um, we found that only about, a, only about a quarter complies with this um, two-day review requirement, and that's because um, plans plans will go through multiple review cycles. So what I from what I just said, you know, it's it's just intended to get a one-time review, a second review for revisions, and it's supposed to be issued at, after that. But instead, it, it goes through multiple review cycles. Um, there's extended review times, um, and then this creates you know application backlogs and excessive delays. Um, 
uh, as, as I covered a little bit earlier, so 90 plus percent of building permit applications will receive a building permit. This is an aspect of the, of the department's approach to customer service. And then, um, but com compared to what other jurisdictions tend to do, I found one, I found one building permitting municipal source that said, you know, it, it would be great if people could get up to, you know, just 60%. So we're 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 doing really fantastic in Hawaii. I mean, we're we're, we're um, but 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 the inefficiency part is that we're we're carrying around um, permits that probably should be rejected or should be you know revised and resubmitted. Um, so in terms of in terms of overall time, on average, we found that it takes about between 108 days and 135 days to issue a permit. Um, the, the second thing that the council's program in terms of OTR 60 uh, that I talked to earlier, we found that it just, it doesn't, it doesn't expedite permits for, um, for single and two family homes. Uh, and we found that it was, that based on our discussions, um, there, there was, there was limit, there was limited building, there was limited build, uh, builder participation. Some, some felt that it, it would be risky to participate first because it had, it had like a two strikes and your out rule. Like if you, if you had plans rejected in the previous year, then you couldn't participate. The other one was that um, if, if ultimately it is approved via this expedited system and then you, you catch a notice of violation, you'd have to correct it in the construction within 30 days. And that's a really short um, period of time. So uh, they just viewed it as possi possibly difficult and not practicable. Um, and the, the applications that we did review, they didn't comply with the requirements. It was supposed, a lot of them were supposed to be, uh, you know, submitted electronically. Most of them were submitted paper and accepted. Um, it's supposed to be, you go through the one-time review, if you if you reject it, the whole application is rejected, but it was, but some were converted to, you know, regular review service. So it, again, it's that continuation of this carry-on kind of effect. Um, next slide. Sorry, while we're still here, there are two questions that might be pertinent. Um, so why, why do so many plans go through a multiple review process? Um, the it it can it can it can be about it can be about formatting. In in, in other words, um, there there might not be an indication on the on the plans like what what are, what are the what are the applicable codes that we're following. Um, it, it could it could be a matter of uh, you know say say the size the size size of the dwelling like it's in the it's in the side yard it's in, it's in the setback it's in the backyard so it's not appropriately sized it's not appropriately like it's too tall or, or things like that um, from talking to the business community some of them reflect they go like well DPP is really just after perfect plans you know <laughs> you know rather rather than perfect construction so. Um, I think I think depending on depending on who you talk to, they have they have a different kind of perspective on it. Um, there, there's there's also an aspect of yeah, DP, DPP trying to be a little bit more protective to applicants, and say like, well, your 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 plan should not go right now because if we try to do it, you're going to catch a violation. It's going to cost you more to correct it down the road when you're trying to construct it and you have a crew there, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's. Um, the other question, um, how many types of projects are eligible for an expedited review? Um, right now, well, there's, there's like a, there's like a older, there's like a older version of one time review. It's a very limited scope of projects. The one that's currently in play um, is again, this on the OTR 60 about 
permits for a single and two family review and also ADUs, so accessory dwelling units that people build if they're able to, um, to rent. It's basically those two are the expedited reviews, so it has to be done in 60 days. All right, thanks. And in terms of the recommendations, we, we, we found, you know, um, they're, they're, all, they're all kind of listed here and they're all, they've all kind of been discussed already. Um, you know, the, 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 tilt, the tilt toward the customer service is leading to some inefficiencies. Like even, even though you're alohaing them, like you're, you're creating a backlog for everybody else. Um, uh, there, there's no need for excessive plan review cycles. If it's, if it's non-compliant or if it's non-feasible, then it should be rejected and, and rethought and, and brought back again. Um, and, then, and then just certain issues where they can actually try to streamline, streamline their operations, improve their performance. It could be helped by you know, improving their information systems, um, using data that they collect from their operations, and then training their staff and, and making sure that they're certified uh, so that they, they do actually have the technical capability to review appropriately and quickly. Um, next slide. Um, there, one question that might be applicable okay. here. Um, so um, this has to do with uh, the third party reviewer permit expediters. Um, okay. If a DPP was functioning to, you know, most everyone's satisfaction, argue yes. there would be no need for those services. Okay. Uh, so you know, the fact that many use um, expediters speaks to DPPs, this is the question, speaks to DPPs failure to work expeditiously. Um, if most everyone is using expediters, where is the value? I think, I think the, the, the value is in the, 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 expert, the expediters that we took a look at tend to, tend to make the claim that they, can, that they can do it faster, that they have the expertise to kind of carry it through the system. So they'll actually meet with DPP oh, on a the they'll, they'll do all these, um, yeah, all these extra value things beyond okay. plan review yeah, to, try the, um, uh -huh. to, to try and get premise okay. through. This is, it just amounts to um, expert, expert service um, and, and, and somewhat of a guarantee that it can be done faster than DPP. Although in our review, we found that that, that it wasn't so. Um, it, it, took, it took as long and sometimes in the end, DPP won't approve what they see. They feel like they need to review it again. So it creates a second layer of review. Okay, thanks. Um, go to the next slide. Okay, the, the second audit that we covered was the monster homes. Now, a lot of the issues covered were about, you know, are these uh, humongous apartment size homes? Um, are, are they are they legal? Are they illegal? Is there some, you know, is there some monkey business kind of going on in, in inspection and permitting? You know, are, are, are bribes happening? Is there corruption? Like, how, how is this even possible? Um, I took a look at it today for, for these purposes from housing issues. So it's kind of like why, you know, so who, who are these apartment-like dwellings being built for? Often it would be a teardown of old single family homes in communities like Kalihi and Kaimuki that are replaced by large dwellings that take up maximum space on the lot. So they'll really not match. So there'll be, you know, all this old inventory of homes and then there'll be this humongous one that, you know, has 24 bedrooms and 23 bathrooms. Um, and often uh, the monster homes will try to maximize the, the use of the lot. So they'll often be built with Ohana units and accessory dwelling units where they're entitled to. 
Um, we covered accessory dwelling units a little bit earlier. So those are entitled to that expedited 60 day review. Um, administratively, the, the, the mayor and the administration are pushing uh, the development of accessory dwelling units as a way to increase rentals for housing inventory. Um, and basically you'd be building a separate small dwelling on your property to rent. Um, it tends to be about 800 square feet or less. Um, and there's a residential requirement. So in terms of the tenure, um, uh, the covenant requirement is that you need to rent for a, a six month period. So it, needs, it cannot be a short term rental. I guess that's one of the concerns that has been made for vacation rentals um, or it's made for other short term rentals that are that are illegal. Um, if you do have an accessory dwelling unit, the law says you have to rent for six months or more. Um, Ohana units are 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 basically tied to this other concern about like, well, if you talk about monster homes, like are you talking about big homes and I might need a big home because you know, my, my daughter, my daughter and their family needs to move in or I need to move um, grandpa and grandma in because they can't live on their own, things like that. So um, we have a history in Hawaii about, you know, multi-generational homes for family, DPPS standards as to what constitutes a family. Um, Ohana units would be, are attached to the dwelling, so they're not freestanding. Could be an extra room or, you know, a second floor um, and it must be occupied by a family member. So these are kind of like the housing issues with that. Um, next slide. Yeah, and, that, and that's all I have. Um, open up for discussion, question and answers, or any comments. Thank you for putting that together. Um, maybe we can share the slides with others. If, um, okay, yeah, sure. Um, we did have a couple of questions while you were talking, so thank you for those and keep sending them in. Um, first one, low-income multifamily projects valued well over $10 million experience in 18 to 24 month permitting process. Um, the long processing time can affect interest rates and the financial viability of the project. In a housing crisis, shouldn't there be an, a special emphasis on processing permits for low income housing? Yeah, okay, so um, I guess I, guess I, I, guess I um, as, 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 I, as I stated earlier, in terms of the position of the position of our offices, we have, we have to uh, remain independent of the management or of the mayor or, or even council in terms of what it might decide in terms of what policies to push, what, what they ultimately decide to implement. Uh, I, I understand the frustration with that. That, that, would, that would be a, a policy question that council or the mayor uh, might, might, be indicate, might be able to undertake um, to, try and, to try and prioritize you know, processing those or you know, shortening, shortening review times, um, basically trying to um, cut, the, cut, cut, the, cut the criteria or some of the red tape um, in order that it could get out fast and it could cut, get, a, get, them, get a billing permit so it could be shovel ready um, much quicker than 18 to 24 months. Thanks. Um, can you talk just briefly about, um, you know, um, whether these uh, audits have been effective or if there have been any improvements since then? Okay. Um, typically, we, we have we have a we have an official follow up program. We'll, we'll follow up with we'll follow up with the different departments in terms of what they do, and do a follow an, an in depth follow up review within within three years of the audit being issued. Um, what I what I what I have seen in the short term in terms of what DPP has done is one of the things we took them to task over was you know they they don't really provide a lot of information in terms of people how to navigate their website. Their website's really opaque would be um, 
you know, not, not user friendly would be like, it has a lot of information, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't give you the information you might need for your particular question. So what I've noticed is they've, they have provided a little bit more information and guidance, like in terms of things like, well, what kind of permits could you get online? So you don't have to come down and file with us, get an appointment or whatever. Those would be things like, you know, like solar or electrical plumbing. You could just um, apply, apply, pay and print, you know, at, at, your, at your computer today. Um, so they, they've kind of tried to point those things out and they've tried to provide it a little bit more information. The more, the more long-term things, you know, I think the horizon is maybe, you know, six, six months to two years, like, you know, changing their, changing their um, information technology or, you know, tr training, changing their training to, to get more people certified may, may actually take a while. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think the, the, the earlier questioner had, had, had a point that, you know, there, there could be administrative priority placed on different kind of, um, different kind of things that just kind of Put more emphasis in certain areas where you could get certain ones out more quickly um, and and and, the, and those are certainly possible for them to do in the short term great um so the audit um i believe looked a little bit at what other um cities or other municipalities like you mentioned are, are doing um, there, there's a question about um since in other places there are building permit processes that achieve the same goal of ensuring buildings are in compliance with various building codes. Um, do you think the audit should have um, sort of, uh, you know, examined how Honolulu's process compares with those others? Okay, we, we, we took, attached, attached as an appendix to our audit, we have, we have, um, we have categories and we, we took a look at um, six, six different jurisdictions in terms of what they do, how they're certified, what, what their approaches are. I think I think basic, basically what we found is this, is that there's, there's a difference of what each building department is responsible for. Like certain, in, in, in certain depending on the jurisdiction, in certain cities, counties, or states, they will actually handle the permit of certain things. So um, I talked to one of my colleagues at King County, which Seattle is in, and I said, well, how do you guys do building permits? And they go, well, we don't do building permits. <laughs> Seattle does the building permits. I talked with other, you know, with, with, with some of my other colleagues and they go like, well, we don't, we don't do plumbing or we don't do electrical. That might be a state thing, you know, so some of them, it's, it's more, the, the responsibilities are more scattered. So DPP actually does a lot. Um, you know, so some, of, some of it may, may, may actually be just the way that they staff it. So a, a lot of them will, will require engineers actually on the desk as in take clerks to actually do a more thorough review. Um, you know, all those different approaches and that information is attached as an appendix to the report if anybody's interested in reading um, more about like uh, what, what, other, what other programs do. Um, we, we, were, we were tasked more with just taking a look at uh, what the building permits are and you know, how, how could it be streamlined. Um, look, looking at other jurisdictions as I guess resources in terms of you know, what, would, what would be good practices for Honolulu to consider um, and then we could recommend from there, but we can't, for our office's purposes, we, we don't mandate that. That's a management kind of decision or a policy decision. I guess this is sort of related, but um, another question is um, about how a lot of places across the country um, have, and you mentioned, a more minimal plan review process and focus on compliance via inspection, right, um, right. which puts the responsibility in the designer and the builder. Um, 
did you consider, you know, at all why this wouldn't work here, or you know, what are the trade-offs of that that they considered? Um, I, I think again, I, I, I can't. I can't speak precisely for the for the department, but I, but I can kind of tell you what their feedback was. So, one of one of one of the major um, jurisdictions that's held up as an example um, by, by by the builder community uh, in particular is that of Pierce County, uh, in in Washington, and they say that okay, so they had a really screwed up um, building permit process that took really long and and all this kind of stuff, um, and they they made all these improvements. So they've they've come down and had discussions with our local BIA and other business interests. Um, about you know how 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 improvements could be made. This, you know this this is what we did. This is what we did, yeah, etc. And um, I guess when when we when when we look when we looked at it in comparison, um, you know, yeah, yes, yes, it does um, apply more technical review. So there's there's opportunities for it to be faster just by having more technicians kind of look at it and participate in the plan review. Um, it's it's actually they have much less volume in terms of the amount of permit applications coming through. Um, the other thing that I think is, I don't know, it seems it seems it seems controversial to me, um, being being a resident here. But you know, a, a lot of things are a la carte charge for service. Um, you know, when we're talking about like what what the mainland uh, what the mainland jurisdictions tend to do, so they will charge you a per hour fee. You know, to to meet and to do these meetings and to do the plan reviews. You know, some of this here would be just built into the, the building permit fee itself, yeah. So, you know, it would be more obvious what the charges would be, like, would this make people more serious in terms of, you know, submitting, you know, adequate plans? I think absolutely. But again, it, it would be it would be kind of a shocking price tag, I think, too. So, you know, there, there's, there was some of that aspect when we looked at that kind of issue. Right. Um, this, this is about the Monster Homes um, audit. Um, do you know how many staff DPP has to inspect um, these, you know, so-called monster homes to ensure they're following the rules? Um, because um, in, the question asks, in communities closer to our beaches like Kailua, it seems obvious that vacation rentals are the main purpose. Okay, so they, they, I, I, I guess this, this is going to kind of sound like a glass half empty, glass is half full kind of answer. Um, they have they have about they have about twelve building inspectors. So so the building inspectors are generally, um, I don't want to say tied up, but they're generally doing their primary job, which is to inspect building permit construction. So the the the, the, the enforcement the enforcement type reviews um, could be done by these building inspectors. They could be done by the um, by the by the housing code inspectors or the the ones who inspect for use, so land land use, so um, all those things about you know vacation rentals and that are not construction related would be inspected by a different by by a different group. Um, but then they don't they don't regularly monitor. They only would go out and inspect if a complaint comes in. So the complaint would have to come into the department. Um, what we found during our review was that if you complain to the mayor. If you complain to the city council, or if you complain to some kind of political representative, your complaint your complaint got serviced faster. Whereas if you went through the the city's you know complaint lines or their complaint emails, it, it didn't it didn't necessarily get the same kind of level of, of of attention. I think you know generally I would say the way the profile looks is it's it's not it's not enough staff to do a regular monitoring. Um, 
it is enough staff to do to do complaints. Um, it, it isn't enough. It isn't enough staff if you get repeated complaints and no, you know, and no violations. So if you keep sending uh, an inspector out um, because because uh, you know there's suspicion that something might be going on, but they're not finding anything, then that would necessarily stop them from being able to look at something else or something may be going on. So um, so basically. Not, not enough staff didn't do it with regularity. It's triggered by complaints. So if you do have problems with that, um, you know, please, please complain. And the, the secret to that, I think, is please complain to your council member or, or mayor for because for some reason it gets responded to faster. Um, we have a number of questions about um, sort of next steps or where DPP goes from here. So I'll try to consolidate the the major okay. questions. Um, whether did the audit have an estimated cost or time frame to correct the deficiencies? That's one area. Um, yeah. Will there be a follow up audit to measure improvements? Um, and what what does your audit suggest would be the most effective area of um, to improve on immediately? If say you had ten million dollars today to improve something in DPP. Okay. Um, so. I know that I know that some some council members have kind of taken the ball and run with it and said like okay you know so we, we should we should divide DPP into two separate organizations because it's too big and it's not it's it's not effective at, at doing some of the major things so break up break up permitting and planning um, and I think there's 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 a bill that's out for discussion in council has been uh, sent out to the public to take a look at. Um, I think I think they've tried to have hearings on it, but they haven't had a full a full throated hearing on it. So uh, they took our audit to mean well, you could we could possibly split it up and hopefully achieve efficiencies that way. Um, in terms of what, what could be short term solutions, like if I if I had ten million dollars, it, it it seems like they could they could use information technology a lot a lot, a lot better in, ter in in terms of handling their information and then turning that information around in terms of, okay, so how, how are we performing? Yeah, so using information technology for measurement and information technology for keeping members of the public or applicants in the loop, um, that, that, would, that would probably be, you know, one of the best ways to, to, to deal with it. Just kind of rely, try to find ways in which information technology could result in more synergy. So, they may still be understaffed and things like that, but there's some things that the but that possibly use of information technology would make it a little bit more efficient or effective or be more responsive to what the public wants or what the public needs uh, in this area. And um, does your office have any plans for follow up from your audits? Okay. Um, yeah. So we we have a we have a regular follow up plan. So within the next two or three years, we're going in again and taking a look at how they've approached. Um, you know some some other risk areas that we identified and um, take a look at what what they might have done in some of the areas where we recommended improvement so that will be a substantive review um, and you know and and before and beforehand if if it if it goes if it goes totally south I mean there's nothing you know written in concrete that says we you know we'll we're gonna let them have you know two or three years like we, we could go in before then or council could be just you know fed up throw up, throw up their hands and go like look at it again um, they've, they've done that with heart uh, four times with this, so uh, you know uh, there, there's other triggers, I guess. We have a couple more questions. We'll try to get okay. through them in the next few minutes. Okay. Um, 
So DPP, this is the question, DPP has already uh, privatized many functions um, like third party review, um, private special inspectors. Um, why have the DPP building division at all? Why not let those other entities handle this role? Ooh, that's a policy question, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that, that's, for, that's for people to get elected, not like people like me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, f f philosophically, that's that's always the question, right? When when crises seem to happen, like you, you look you look at very extreme ends of the of the you know uh, of the pendulum. So, you know, right right now with the police, you go like, well, well why don't we defund the police? <laughs> yeah, I think I think in the permitting area, that that would that would be the that would be the same thing. Um, so, I think we're, what what we're hoping that would happen is that we. We, we gave we gave a look at this primarily of the permitting process, showed where you know showed where some of the hangups are, and, and hopefully DPP can use it as a roadmap to, um, to to do corrections and to, to implement some improvements, um, you know as well as what what their priorities are you know as well as do what their priorities are right now, which are you know also a few things that that they feel will actually be responsive to um, improving the permit process. Thanks. Um, so I guess that, that that leads to one of the other um, questions people have been asking, which is, you know, if DPP can't make adequate progress in improving itself, um, are there things that, you know, should be on the council to do? Um, so one of, this, this is kind of interesting. So one of, one of, one of the internal frustrations at, 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 at DPP goes, goes like this, is that they feel that they're not, you know, adequately consulted about what council wants to do. The council might pass this regulation. They may disagree with it, and still, and you know, council may ultimately pass it, and um, they'll feel that you know it's imposed on it. It doesn't stop them from, you know, adhering or following it. They they will follow the law, but it will, but it will result in kind of bogging down their other operations. So, like, you know, we talked about monster houses a little bit before. So, again, when the primary function of these guys is kind of to look at building construction, and you tell them, okay, so today I want you to look at also whether what they're constructing is illegal like could it be turned into a you know vacation rental etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know yes yes council yes council can be a part of it um i think you know there just needs to be more informational intake more discussion um between all the stakeholders so dpp and the business community dpp and the residents the council and the residents kind of uh, it sounds like i'm suggesting another task force or something but um <laughs> That'll, that'll study and do nothing but I mean you, you really need a lot a lot of these issues are multifaceted and you really need to get everybody's opinion you can't just say like well we're going to resolve it by sticking this other regulation it may actually you know pressurize operations right now where they will be less effective in responding that would be the other side yeah thanks mm -hmm. uh, I think this will, this will be your last question but I'll, I'll share your contact info at the end yeah. for others um, and I realize this is going to be a big question. So if you have a brief thought on, um, you know, um, should the audit have taken a broader look on the organization of DPP and the difficulty of combining all these different functions, planning, zoning, enforcement, and permitting into one agency? And, you know, did you consider at all whether a solution might be to separate some of those functions? Okay, okay. So actually all of these functions weren't combined in the past <laughs> um they, they they were all kind of they were all kind of separate um 
So DPP was part of a citywide reorganization in 1998. Um, previously, some of the functions in DPP were part of a Department of Permitting, were part of a Department of Land Utilization, were part of a Department of Public Works and all this kind of stuff. Um, I think one of the things that we found through the history of our office is that that, that particular reorganization was half-baked. So things were kind of put together without rhyme or reason. It was just kind of like, okay, so here's what the map looks like, put this together. Certain groups go, you took all the engineers. Certain groups go, we don't have engineers. You know, certain groups go like, well, how can we, how can we count on you for support? Well, I'm too busy to give you support. You know, um, you know, again, ultimately, I would stop it. You know, well, some of this is, some of this is, is a ultimately is a policy decision. Um, yeah, and, and so some of it does require the the department currently constituted to kind of think of. Like if, if, if that is a direction they want to go and, you know, reorg or council wants to uh, mandate a reorg. Actually, I think only the executive department can make it happen. Um, so only the mayor can kind of reorg, um, but, you know, council wants to be the one that's approving that reorg. Um, yeah, there would have to be discussion about the interest, discussion about how operations run, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it would, it, would, it, would be, it would be a very lengthy discussion. Um, yeah, so from an audit, audit perspective, it's that kind of question is very difficult to review because it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't put together in a, in a neat and orderly way. I guess that's the way that I would answer it. So it's, it's, hard, it's hard to review it in a neat and orderly way. It, it, yeah, it ends up with many policy questions, which you know, I, I don't have input into and yeah, are properly um, for the management or for the mayor, for the council. Well, thanks for um, answering so many complex questions in such a streamlined way. And uh, we can provide links to the full audits and your presentation. Um, yeah. uh, thanks again, Wayne, for, for joining us. Um, Wayne's email is uh, wkawamura at honolulu.gov. Uh, you can contact him with other questions you might have. Um, and before you leave, as you leave, I'm just going to put up this quick anonymous survey to let us know what you thought and if you learned anything today. Um, is there anything else, Wayne? Oh, no, that's all. Thank, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed this discussion. Um, thanks, thanks for letting us present what we found in our audits. And you know, please continue this. Please continue this discussion of, of issues. I find it very helpful. I've, I've listened to some of the other ones. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again to everyone watching. Thanks again, Wayne. And uh, we'll see you at the next edition of Our Homes Ending the Housing Crisis. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Our Homes, Ending the Housing Crisis. On behalf of Faith Action for Community Equity and me, Stanley Chang, thank you for being part of the solution to this crisis.